Isaiah chapter 52, verse 1. Awake, awake, put on thy strength, O Zion, put on the garments of thy beauty, Jerusalem, the holy city, for enter no more into thee again do the uncircumcised and unclean. Zion is a part of Jerusalem, it's also the city of David which is a part of Jerusalem, but all three of those words are interchangeable. This chapter is talking about when the Lord liberates Jerusalem from the hold of the Babylonians, and then King Cyrus of Persia allows the Jews to rebuild the temple. However, what it's really talking about even more so is the thousand-year millennial reign of Jesus Christ. Everything that this chapter says regarding the deliverance of Jerusalem from the Babylonians is all in hyperbole. Hyperbole is a rhetorical device used in literature. It's when you exaggerate to make a point. What's being said here is an exaggeration of how great it's going to be when Jerusalem is liberated from the Babylonians, but it's not at all an exaggeration of what it will be like when Jesus reigns from Jerusalem for a thousand years. Then the description is no longer hyperbole. It says, The uncircumcised and the unclean will no longer enter Jerusalem. This means anyone who does not obey the Lord will not enter Jerusalem. Circumcision is a physical act, but it represents the spiritual act of repenting of your sins. And cleanness is a physical act where you take a mikvah bath to cleanse your body, but that is a spiritual representation of being cleansed from the demons in your life, which is what happens when you repent of your sins and Jesus drives those demons out. All of us have experienced demonic activity in our lives. I'm not saying that we were all possessed. Very few people are possessed by demons. But all of us have been harassed and tormented by demons at different times in our lives because of our sin or because someone else who was a sinner was traumatizing us. But when Jesus comes, the demons run, and that's what being clean means. 2. Shake thyself from dust. Arise, sit, O Jerusalem. Bands of thy neck have loosed themselves, O captive, daughter of Zion. Jerusalem will no longer be a captive of Babylon. 3. For thus said Jehovah, For not ye have been sold, and not by money are ye redeemed. The Lord says, You weren't sold off to the Babylonians for nothing. The Lord handed them over to the Babylonians because of their sin and to cause them to repent. Whatever trials we go through are worth it if they cause us to repent. 4. For thus said the Lord Jehovah, To Egypt my people went down at first to sojourn there, and assure, for not, he hath oppressed it. The Lord sent his people to Egypt during the famine, that was when the 70 people of the family of Israel came to live in Egypt so that they would have food to eat. And eventually the Lord let his people out of Egypt, meaning that he let them out of sin. When we receive salvation, we come out of a lifestyle of sin. If you still have a lifestyle of sin, 
if you're still practicing fornication and you're still watching filthy things in media and you still laugh at dirty jokes and you still tell lies to your boss and your neighbors and your family, that's a lifestyle of sin and you are not born again. Even if you've gone to church your entire life, if you still have a lifestyle of sin where you know you're going to do something wrong tomorrow and you're actually planning on it, you aren't saved. The born again life is liberty from sin, not bondage to sin. 5. And now what? To me here, an affirmation of Jehovah, that taken is my people for naught. Its rulers cause howling, an affirmation of Jehovah, and continually all the day my name is despised. He says he handed Israel over to the Babylonians because their rulers were leading the people into sin. The priests who were supposed to be leading the people into repentance and cleansing of their sins were actually causing the people to sin by allowing them to do idol worship. And they even had idol worship going on in the temple. That's why the Lord let that temple be ransacked. Today you see idol worship in all kinds of churches, including Protestant churches and non-denominational churches. People are rocking out. They're glorifying themselves in their so-called worship music. I've been to lots of sermons in my life where pastors were actually telling the congregation that they should go watch a certain movie that just happens to be rated R. And pastors will often tell people, oh, you can't stop sinning, so Jesus has forgiven all of your future sins, which is total blasphemy and found nowhere in scripture. Jesus has not forgiven your future sins. That isn't taught anywhere in the Bible. But a lot of pastors teach that Jesus' death on the cross covers all your future sins. Absolutely not true. And this is why people stay in bondage to sin. They don't believe that they need to repent. Because if Jesus has already forgiven me for what I'm going to do tomorrow, then there's no reason to repent. This is all demonic doctrine. And the priests were giving demonic doctrine to the people of Israel which caused the people of Israel to worship demons. 6. Therefore doth my people know my name. Therefore in that day surely I am he who is speaking. Behold me. When Jesus reigns in Jerusalem, everybody will know who he is. There won't be any confusion. We'll all know the truth. Those who have refused to believe the truth in the past, it'll be staring them straight in the face. 7. How comely on the mountains have been the feet of one proclaiming tidings, sounding peace, proclaiming good tidings, sounding salvation, saying to Zion, Reigned hath thy God. This means that anyone who preaches the gospel has beautiful feet, but this is also a reference to Jesus Christ who preached the gospel first. 8. The voice of thy watchmen, they have lifted up the voice, Together they cry aloud, because eye to eye they see, in Jehovah's turning back to Zion. The watchmen could be considered prophets who tell the people to repent. In physical terms, it would be men who stand at the tower guard area and watch over the city. But in spiritual terms, it's prophets. And it says that they will see the Lord right in Zion. 
9. Break forth, sing together, O wastes of Jerusalem, for Jehovah hath comforted his people, he hath redeemed Jerusalem. Everyone can sing and rejoice when Jerusalem is redeemed. It was redeemed when the Babylonians left and they were able to rebuild, so there was a lot of rejoicing at that time. But there will also be rejoicing when Jesus comes to earth for a thousand years to reign in his glorified form with his glorified saints in Jerusalem. 10. Jehovah hath made bare his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations, and seen have all the ends of the earth the salvation of our God. A man's right arm is his son. God has a son, and when he bears his holy arm, that means he's going to show his son to the world. Jesus will come back. This will be the third coming of Jesus, because in the second coming is when he takes the saints up in the sky. But then he comes again with the saints on white horses, and they go to Jerusalem and reign for a thousand years. At both times, the entire world will witness Jesus returning. A man's arms are also his strength, and a man's sons are his strength, because they do his work, or at least in ancient times that's how it was. Today the family has been completely dismantled, and sons do not work for their fathers anymore. His strength is in his right arm. That means that Jesus has been given all the power of the Father to do the Father's will. 11. Turn aside, turn aside, go out thence, the unclean touch not, go out from her midst, be ye pure, who are bearing the weapons of Jehovah. The weapons of Jehovah are the word of God that comes out of our mouth when we preach the true gospel straight from the Bible. That is a fierce weapon, and it will cause people to get saved. Also, we have the fruit of the Spirit, which is also weapons, and the armor of God, which is mentioned in the New Testament. The armor of God is salvation, faith, righteousness, the Holy Spirit, peace, and truth. The verse also says to leave Babylon and don't touch her. This is one of a few verses in the Bible that command us not to touch anything unclean. Don't go to the bar with your friends. The bar is unclean. Don't watch that rated R movie. It's unclean. Don't allow somebody to teach you about their horoscope or read it to you from the newspaper. It's unclean. Just get up and walk out of the room if people are saying filthy things because it's unclean. It's actually a sin to willfully touch the unclean. Don't take somebody in your home who you know is a willful sinner and wants to lead you down the wrong path. That person is unclean. The Lord is commanding his people to leave the practices of the Babylonians behind. Since they overtook Jerusalem, a lot of the Jews were doing idol worship even more so, but the Lord is commanding them to stop. 12. For not in haste do ye go out, yea, with flight ye go not out. For going before you is Jehovah, and gathering you is the God of Israel. We go out with purpose. We leave Babylon and all of its sin, but not in fear running. We march out following Jesus. 
and he will gather us into his family, which is Israel. 13. Lo, my servant doth act wisely, he is high, and hath been lifted up, and hath been very high. This can only be Jesus. Now this is a reference indirectly to King Cyrus, but we know absolutely that this is Jesus, because Jesus is highest above everything. He's above the entire universe. The Lord had lifted Cyrus up just enough to allow him to conquer Babylon. 14. As astonished at thee have been many, so marred by man his appearance and his form by sons of men. This is a direct reference to Jesus Christ and Jesus only. This is what Jesus looked like when he was on the cross. Remember, he had been beaten two times, mercilessly and viciously two times, and then after that he was flogged mercilessly with, I believe, 39 whips. And these weren't horse whips. These whips had metal things at the end of each whip that would dig into the body and tear the flesh. So there were many metal objects tearing into his flesh with each lashing. And the whip was long enough that those objects curled around to the front of his body and also tore some of the flesh in the front of his body, as well as the back. But that was after he had gone to the Sanhedrin and they pulled his beard out, which means he lost facial tissue when he was in front of the Sanhedrin. They also hit him in the face with full fist when he was there. And that was his first beating. So he was missing facial tissue at that point. Then he got bruised up even more and battered when he was beaten by Herod's soldiers. They put the crown of thorns on him, which pierced his face even more. He had bruises, missing facial tissue, and blood covering his face when he was on the cross. And that's why he was unrecognizable, which is what this verse says. His appearance was so marred that you couldn't even tell that he was a man, or what man he was. His size would show people that he was a man, but that's the only thing, because he was that brutalized. 15. So doth he sprinkle many nations, concerning him kings shut their mouth. For that which was not recounted to them they have seen, and that which they have not heard they have understood. Kings of the earth today, no matter how evil they are, they don't say anything against the king of kings. You just don't hear that. When King Charles got crowned, he didn't say a word against the worship of Jesus, who is over him. Even if he doesn't love Jesus, he still wouldn't open his mouth against him. And it says he doth sprinkle many nations. In the Levitical law, the high priest was supposed to sprinkle the people with the blood from the sacrifice. But all of us who follow Jesus are sprinkled with the blood of Jesus, not the blood of an animal. In the Old Testament, they had to sacrifice animals because animals are innocent. They cannot sin because they don't have a spirit and they don't know right from wrong. And only innocent blood can atone for guilty blood. Since all humans sin, a human sacrifice would never atone for any sin because it would be the guilty being sacrificed for the guilty. Therefore, it would have no power. So they always had to sacrifice an innocent animal because that blood would have power 
because only the innocent can atone for the guilty. This is a law going back all the way to Adam and Eve. Adam could have offered himself as a sacrifice for Eve's sin had he not eaten the fruit. But instead, Adam ate the fruit and then he blamed Eve. Jesus did the opposite. Jesus refused to sin when he had a chance. And then instead of blaming us, he offered himself as a sacrifice. Jesus remained innocent, but more than innocent. You see, animals don't have a spirit and they don't know right from wrong. So they're innocent by default. They're not capable of sinning. But Jesus has a spirit and Jesus has always known right from wrong. And Jesus could have sinned, but he made a choice not to. So this elevates the power of his blood to infinity. He can save everybody in the world and he can transform every life in the world. His blood isn't just innocent. It's righteous. There is no righteous animal because animals don't know right from wrong. Therefore, they have never chosen not to sin. They're innocent by default. You can only be righteous if you made a choice to never sin. And there's only one person who ever did that. That is Jesus Christ. He is the only person who is capable of sin and made a choice not to sin. So he is the only righteous one. We can be righteous as long as he is alive inside of us because we ourselves will never be righteous. All of us have sinned. But if he is alive in us, then his righteousness shines through. The righteousness that it seems that we have is really the righteousness of Jesus Christ in us because we've already lost our chance at righteousness back when we were three years old throwing a temper tantrum. That was when we lost any chance of righteousness. And then it just went downhill from there. So the only righteous blood that ever was shed was sprinkled over all who repent and follow him. And that concludes Isaiah chapter 52.